Just Go With It is a podcast hosted by two millennials who swear. And also, it's about horror films, so listener discretion is advised. We will put specific content warnings in the show notes. Boo. <laughs> going to talk in a normal voice yeah. about a movie absolutely normally about a totally normal movie that i have potentially something upsetting to say about later in the way i phrase something no <laughs> you're gonna know when it happens you're gonna be like kate you you could have not i'm already thinking about it and i'm upset yeah speaking of being upset, <laughs> speaking of being upset <laughs> we're talking about the taking of deborah logan yes i Love this movie quite a bit. Mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. I'm the one that put it on the list because yeah. I was like, yeah! Yeah. <laughs> um, I've read a lot about people, how people like it and mm. people are like, oh, it's like a found footage gem. It's like a hidden Netflix gem. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, more people know about this than I thought. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is a little... So like, we were talking about this. We had Caroline from How Have You Not Seen on our yeah. podcast a, lo- a while ago and just happened randomly that like last week or the week before their Twitter popped up and it was like, this week, taking of Deborah Logan. And I was like, like, what? And I messaged her and I was like, no fucking way. You guys are doing that one because we're doing it next week. Yep. <laughs> so if you want to hear our podcast and another amazing podcast, yeah. talk about the taking of Deborah Logan. <laughs> How have you not seen is doing that as well. Nice, nice, nice. Um, so yeah, it's a good movie, but more people knew about it than I thought. Yeah. Um, but I'm excited to talk about it because it's weird. Yeah. Very weird. Yeah. Not in like a, I don't think it's weird in a bad way. I think it's just weird in like a, Huh. Huh. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those where, like, I, I'm excited to talk about it. Right. And also, like, I do think it's a good found footage and also yeah. a good way of, like, tying in these things. But I just need to think about it more, I think. Right. And I mean, I've also seen this, like, four times. And I think the reason I like it so much is just because it is so strange. Yeah. And not what I expected. So I was like, whoa. And now I'm just, they got me. They hooked me in and now I can't stop. Yeah. So I still have qualms, but it's still good. Would you like some facts? Always. I don't have a lot of facts. I couldn't find a ton of information about it. This was the the person who directed it. It was their very first movie that they directed. Mm. And they haven't done too much like after that. Um, but I'm excited to get to the budget because I think you're going to be a little surprised by both. That's fairly likely. Because <laughs> I was. Um, okay. So it was made in 2014. <clears throat> it was directed by Adam uh, Robitel. I think that's how you say it. Um, he also, yeah, Robital. <laughs> Robital. No, I don't know. Robital. <laughs> Robotel. Um, Robital. Uh, he also did Insidious Last Key, which oh, I yeah. think is like a newer one. Yes. Uh, Escape Room, which I, I haven't seen, but it's mm-hmm. also like 20, 20, 2019 maybe. Okay. Um, co-wrote Paranormal Activity, The Ghost Dimension, which I think is the most recent. I think Possibly. it was 2019. Sure. Um, I, don't, I haven't I seen it. I don't remember. I, yeah. I was like, I don't I know the order. That. I just know there's a lot of them. I think that's the most recent. Um, he co-wrote it with the person who also co-wrote this movie. Uh, they're writing partners. So I think most of the things they write, they do together. Um, so it was written by Adam Robitel, but also co-written by um, Gavin Heffernan. Um, also did Paranormal Activity, The Ghost Dimension. Uh, and I think, I don't know if it's both of them or just Gavin, but they're known for directing experimental visual works, primarily time lapses. Oh. Yeah. I I don't know what they're like featured on necessarily but it seems like they do like experimental art pieces specifically very cool i like that yeah i thought that was really neat uh the cinematography was andrew 
Hebshire or Hebshire? I had to ask my friend and they said if it's German, the E is the one you pronounce, so it's Hebshire because it's mm. H-U-E-B-S-C-H-E-R. Yeah. So I was like, it's Hebshire or Hebshire. Okay. One of those. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so he did the cinematography. Um, also did something called The Binge, Big Time Adolescence, which is like a coming of age kind of movie, I think, um, and Kill the Monsters. All things I have not seen. Yeah. <laughs> not a ton of things, but like all things I haven't seen yet. Um, this one I was kind of excited by. The music was by Haim Mazar. Um, he did Woke, that show that's on Hulu. Um, something called Continue, uh, Another Girl, Sneakerheads, and then my favorite, The Wonderful World of Disney, Magical Holiday Celebration. Oh my God. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> my favorite is when I find people who do things like this and then that. Yeah. What was the movie where the guy did like rides? Music for rides. Uh, I think that was the last one we did. Mm-hmm. Either the last one or the one before. But he did like the horror movie that we were talking about. But then also it's a small world <laughs> and a bunch of other things specifically in France. Like in Disney France. Which I thought Amazing. was so funny. Um, here I only have a few facts. Um, I couldn't find too much about like the production. Um, it was found footage, so I guess there just wasn't, like, that many, I don't know, fun facts about it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but the filming took place in North Carolina. Um, Vincent Gostini did the special effects, and he said that he was really impressed with the script because he liked that Robitel made the choice to limit the amount of footage that would show the transformation into, spoilers, the creature at the end. Yeah. Which isn't even that much of a creature. It's very subtle, but in, like, a, all of a sudden it, it's scary, and then it's kind of back to normal. Yeah. It's like a body horror, like, blink and you'll miss yes. it type moment. And he said he loved that. He yeah. said that it was, like, interesting that, like, I don't know, you'd have to do all these cool special effects, but it's for such a quick moment. But he said it made it extra effective and more realistic. We'll get to that in tropes. Yeah. So I'm I'm excited. I thought that that was accurate when I read that fact. I was like, that is yeah. how I felt. So I that was super cool. cool. And then this is my favorite fact, because this confused me. The budget and how much it made. Okay. Do you want to know the budget? The budget for this movie, unless I'm reading it wrong, but I got mm-hmm. this from IMDb, mm-hmm. was $1,500,000 uh, $1, for this movie. What? That was the budget. How? Thank you. How? What? <laughs> Did they make a paper mache snake head? Like- exactly. And I don't, that's what it said. Like I had to read it a few times. I even showed it to my roommate. And I was like, what does this say? And they said $1,500,000. I was like, thank you. Um, that oh, was their budget. Gotcha. Okay. But do you know how much it made worldwide? Oh, and it God. obviously did not release in that many places. But yeah, because I think it was like a straight to DVD mm-hmm. slash straight to Netflix type Yeah, search. I think it maybe had showings like as a premiere when they first made it, but not many. 20 million. 407,782. Oh, no. <laughs> so they didn't make their money back. Oh, you don't say. Because <laughs> <laughs> like when I read those, I thought they were switched. Like, oh, yeah. I I was surprised at the number, no matter what, that it was in the millions, because I was like, Why? no way it made that much. But then I was like, no way it cost that much. What? Like, <laughs> what? Wowza. That's so, what did they spend it on? See, I was thinking, like, the amount of snake effort would, like, take the money. Yes. But, like, that's to me where, I mean, it's not like they have a fog budget. They do have a spinal juice budget, though. Oh, the spinal juice. Yeah, that's I- probably... I was thinking, like, I'm so used to Bloomhouse being, like, four million is bottom of the barrel. Like, you're, like, scraping pennies together. Yeah. And so, like, one million to me is, like, how did you make a movie with only one million? Right. But also... 
I think I this, like specifically for this movie, it yeah. surprised me because, because found footage is usually it's a much found cheaper. Because yeah. do you remember when we did Paranormal Activity, the very first one? Yes, their budget was like ten thousand. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So okay. it's possible, and they also didn't have like big names for the most right. part. They had like so, two bigger names. Yeah, but that's about it. So okay, it was just really point. surprising to me because yeah. I was expecting more in the like five hundred, six hundred, maybe seven hundred thousands. Okay. Like just to be like special effects, some locations because yeah. they did film like hospitals, and then Jill Larson for the rest of it. Right, <laughs> and that's it. So I was like, is that is that what it was? Like, I don't know. I'm guessing the special effects had to be what cost so much. Yeah. But it was impressive. I mean, it, it's cool. Yeah. It's an interesting found footage film, I think, for sure. Oh, yeah. So, but those are my facts. Okay. My, <laughs> a woman has Alzheimer's, but maybe she's a snake demon instead. But maybe. Maybe. I'm not going to say yes or no. That's for you to find out. <laughs> a flirty little maybe. A flirty maybe. <laughs> Keep guessing. I just, you know, mm, it's a little secret for me. Uh, that's the best I got. There's that's, like, this movie is one of those ones where so much happens, but also so little. Like, it's really just one thing that's continuously happening. Yeah. But that one thing spirals out of control. Kind yeah. Of I remember thinking, oh, like a tight 90 minute. Like, this is going to go super right. quick. And then like fully half of it was like a manhunt. Yes. And I was like, I did not expect so much of this to be chasing them through the same little corridor. <laughs> right. And yet, it's and, weird. I think this movie isn't for everybody. Because like you said, it is like... The beginning is really just one house and being like, where'd she go? <laughs> and that, those get me. Like yes. where you see the flickering camera and mm-hmm. then it's like, how'd she get there? Right. And it's just like mellow enough that I'm like, I'm unsettled. Yeah. It was a very, I think the acting really helped to be like, especially the one camera guy was just like, Gavin. fuck this. He's like, yeah. I'm pissed. And everyone else is like, calm down. And he's like, no. Fuck you. He's like, I hate this. They were like, you're not a team player. And he's like, Oh, fuck you. As yeah. You do, yeah. <laughs> so, like, I think the acting was great. But like you said, if you don't like a movie that takes place in basically one room for a long time, uh, yeah. Where'd that budget go? This one room? <laughs> okay. But what's the real summary? Because I'm sure they've got more to say than maybe a snake demon. Not maybe. much. Oh. Yeah, Rotten Tomatoes kept it real pithy. Like, so much oh. that I kept, like, scrolling. I was like, that must just be, like, the blah, blah, blah. No, that's nope. their summary. Okay. <laughs> pithy. <laughs> pithy. That is so mean that time. Yeah. I remember just being like, oh. pithy. <laughs> All right. Mia records the daily lives of Deborah and her daughter Sarah as part of her thesis. As the days progress, strange things happen around Deborah, and it becomes apparent something has taken control of her. Oh, okay. They kept it short and sweet like me. Maybe didn't give as much information. <laughs> I do want to say. Yes. Because I'm who I am. Yeah. I was reading one of the reviews. Yeah. And like an interview with the director. Mm-hmm. And he commented on how impressed he was with the actor that plays Mia. How she was so easily able to cover her New Zealand accent. And I was like, no, she was not. <laughs> it was so apparent. I cannot tell you. If it makes, I mean, I didn't know <laughs> All they could notice, like, oh, sorry. <laughs> there were so many moments where I'm just like, she's in New Zealand right now. <laughs> she's there. She's stepping in. <laughs> I don't know what is wrong with me, but I truly, you were like, oh my God, I clocked it. She's from New Zealand. I went, who? Like, I was like, who is what? None of them, right? Like, <laughs> never. I think I suspend my disbelief sometimes a little too hard because we've said things on this where I'm yeah. like, oh yeah, uh huh. And I'm like, no idea. Am I just like sensitive to Australians and New Zealanders? <laughs> I think you are because immediately you're like, I know. It's like you sniff them out. <laughs> Can, Can I? I from me? 
It's like, I don't know what it is about my brain, but I will let things slide and be like, mm, you've convinced me. Like, <laughs> you're a willing theater participant. I always am. I'm a skeptical little bitch. <laughs> but like, that's the thing though, is that like, I'll be skeptical and I'll be like, I'm going to solve this mystery, but then I'll miss the easy stuff. Like, on, you know, uh, I know what you did last summer where they told me the twist and I missed it and still didn't know. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was suspending my disbelief so, so hard, hard that I was like, who's the killer? I guess we'll never know. <laughs> I guess we'll never know. And there he was, unmasked, murdering them currently. And I was like, I don't know. I Some think- things will remain undiscovered. <laughs> yeah, I think I just want them to be undiscovered. So I go, I pretend I do not see it. <laughs> but in reality, I do. <laughs> In Slack, I sent, I am looking respectfully. <laughs> That's me with movies. I'm yeah. looking respectfully to yeah. the point where I'm like, whatever you tell me, I'll take it at face value. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> and now I'm, I'm, I was trying to think what you were going to cover for Nerd Corner. And this covers like, you know, some pretty intense stuff. And like, like you were talking about earlier, you were like, I thought it wasn't accurate. And then like, it turned out to be a little more accurate than I thought. And that's all great and uh, stuff. But in my head, I was like, she's going to talk about snakes. <laughs> I was like, she's going to talk about, like, snakes and horror. And I'm so excited. And then I was like, probably not. It's not snakes, is it? Damn it! I know. I, wa- I really did think about snakes. as Because, like, I have them in my tropes. It's, like, snake motifs. Right. Snakes is sinister. Because there is so much there. There's... But I, every time I come across something like that, I'm like, but I could save it for a different There's got to be movie. something that's more specific. And this is snakes. one of the very few Alzheimer's movies. I know. And, and that's I why. Like, so. <laughs> I was like, Nikki, there's a more glaring thing. <laughs> there I was again, suspending my disbelief. <laughs> I was like, snakes, snakes, snakes. <laughs> Listen, when it's snakes, I'm going to go all in. Good. And you know what I'll do is I'll miss it. And I'll be like, oh my God, you're doing snakes? <laughs> We're going to do snakes on a plane. And I'll be like, she's going to talk about like planes. <laughs> <laughs> Aviation and Ohio's Stop! battle to claim it. <laughs> and I'll be like, what? <laughs> I'll be completely surprised that you chose snakes. <laughs> so don't worry. I'm always impressed and always ready. <laughs> but I am excited. What are you covering? I think I might know now. But what is it? So <laughs> I had to stretch, but I made it like a fanfare. Can you put her hands up? Like, yes! And I was like, whoa. It's too much. Um, I was in a Zoom. This is off topic. But I forget that people can see me sometimes. Oh, and all the time. I was in a Zoom just with my colleague that understands me. And I got... A- upset so of course i put my hands over my head like you this do that i was like ah! she was like, mm-hmm. I was like i'm angry <laughs> whenever i'm eating something i really like i like i do yeah. like this little dance and everyone's always like are you okay what are you doing and i'm like sorry i'm just really enjoying what i'm eating yep. so i get it yep. <laughs> when i'm upset the arms go yep, up they really like, do a slow loris where they're like mm-hmm. <laughs> when kate gets angry and the hands are above her head Woo! Do you want to hear a fun story, though? Of course I do. About hands being over your head? Uh One time, I was sick. It was Christmas-ish time. I was in my dorm at Otterbein, and I had, like, the flu, basically. Like, I was sick, so I I had taken NyQuil, but I couldn't sleep. So I had basically made myself a little wild because I was trying to sleep with NyQuil, and then all of a sudden I hit that point where I didn't sleep. So now I was just weird. And uh, my roommates were just trying to talk to me to be like, what are you doing? And at one point, I went... You know what? You can always tell when it's Christmas. And they were like, what? And I went, only when my hands are above my head. And I went, Christmas! And then I put my hands above my head and just shouted, it's Christmas. What? Why? <laughs> I still don't have a reason. Christmas. And Christmas. And then I kept going, Christmas? Not? 
And I would like put my hands above and go Christmas and then I put them back down. And to this day, I would still text those friends with my hands above my head and I'll be like, Merry Christmas. <laughs> I love it. So, yeah. Okay. There I feel go. better now. Thanks. Yeah. When you said <laughs> hands above the head, hands. I was like, Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So in this film, there's a little bit of an Alzheimer's bait and switch. Mm-hmm. Because we're introduced to Deborah as someone diagnosed with early stage Alzheimer's and see like a smattering of symptoms that mostly align with the diagnosis. Yeah. Until we get the demonic presence rug pulled out from under us. The movie is playing into our fear and grief in ways that I want to explore though. Yeah. Because it is in the end about being possessed by someone whose name is French and mispronounced by everyone. It's actually one of the facts that I read. They were like, it's not correct, but they kind of just were like, eh. So it's spelled D-E-S-J-A-R-D-I-N-S. Yep. They say Desjardins. Yeah. That is not correct. It's Desjardins. Interesting. Yeah. And as soon as they said it, I was like, that is very incorrect. And I was like, maybe French Canadians are weird as shit because he's right. French Canadian. Yeah. And so I Googled it and I was affirmed Desjardins. Yeah. No, they even said, oh, if you go to IMDb, it says goofs. And underneath goofs, it was like, they did not pronounce this right. I think someone said it wrong at one point, And then for continuity, they were like, that's his name now. It's Day Hardings. Day Hardings. Rhymes with sardines. I don't know if it was supposed to be like a thing where they just like don't know French or what, but. <laughs> it's like really, really common in the Midwest to have names that like originated right. in another yeah. language. And you say Lima, Ohio or Versailles. So it felt true right. to being in the Midwest. It's like, yeah, they would say this. They'd be like, Day Hardings. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I got mad. Yeah. Because <laughs> it would have been like Des Jardins is how an Ohioan would say it. Des Jardins. <laughs> I can't imagine someone being like, oh my god, she's possessed by By Des Des Jardins. Jardins. (laughs) Des Jardins made her dig. In the garden. (laughs) Des Jardins in the garden with the trowel. Stop it. (laughs) That's so stupid. (laughs) Des Jardins in the garden. It's a real rural juror moment. Oh, it's starting in the garden. <laughs> I'm having a breakdown. I'm doing great. I know. I'm less than a paragraph in. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm sorry. No, it's good. This is good. <laughs> so before I get into like details on yeah. Alzheimer's, I want to give a quick primer on like a few ed- epidemiology and public health terms, mm-hmm. namely incidence rates and prevalence. One measures risk, one measures burden. Yeah. I'm just going to say in advance, we're going to get into some sadder things. Yeah, I expected that. It's going to be unpleasant. Because it's not snakes. It's not. If it was snakes, I'd be so fucking pumped. I know. That's why I should have known. The energy yeah. wasn't right. Yeah. You came in and it's like, Kate's not ready to talk yeah, about like, snakes today. It's not snake time, I know. No, it's an arm day. <laughs> <laughs> we need to put it on the Instagram. I know. We need to take a picture <laughs> of what it looks arms. like. <laughs> anyway. Okay. So incidence rate is the number of new cases Mm -hmm. in a given disease or condition over a determined time period. Mm -hmm. The important part here is the incidence rate tracks new cases. Yeah. It can be expressed through phrases like one in a thousand or seven in Mm ten thousand, et cetera. Whatever is most relevant to, like, say. We wouldn't say, like, two hundred and ten thousand because that's not a super useful way because you can simplify that down. (laughs) Right. But because it's tracking new cases over a given period of time, it can be a representative of, like, the risk of developing yeah. that condition. Like, you have a one-in-blank chance, more or less. Right, okay. You can divide out incidents in a number of ways, mm-hmm. like, among specific groups of people. You could break it out by a sex assigned at birth, age, geographical area, etc. And it's also important to note that your denominator, like, the um, 
total population must be limited to the number of people that could actually contract that disease or illness. Okay. So like if we're talking about cancer of a certain organ, you have to possess that organ to be included in the total population at risk. Fair. So like testicular cancer is not going to have an incidence rate denominator that includes people without testes. Right. Okay. So it's like you have to have that organ. Yeah. So that's uh, how it can be used to represent risk. Okay. Prevalence, on the other hand, is a measure at a single point in time of the number of cases relative to the total population. Okay. So it gives you an overview of the number of people who have a disease or a condition at that moment. Oh, interesting. Okay. So if you want to look at lead poisoning in a city, your population would be everyone that lives in that city. Mm-hmm. If we want a snapshot of the number of folks impacted, you would divide the number of individuals diagnosed with the target condition by the total number of people in that population. Interesting. That will tell you the percentage of folks in that city that have been diagnosed but again, it is a snapshot of that moment. Right. It doesn't say when they developed it. Right. It's just telling you right now, this is the burden of disease in this area. Yeah. So <clears throat> maybe there was a chemical spill a decade ago yeah. that poisoned a large group of people, but it was quickly and effectively cleaned up and mm-hmm. they're still surviving. There are no new cases, but you still have a high prevalence rate. Right. So looking at one thing or another can't mm-hmm. give you a complete picture usually. Yeah. So like if you only look at the prevalence, you won't be able to tell if there's a high risk of developing it still. You'll just know, oh, it's like super common here. You don't know if it's going to keep revealing new cases. So it's not a measure of risk, Mm -hmm. but it does tell you like the uh, burden of disease in that community. And the phrasing like burden of disease can be ableist. (laughs) Yeah. And I don't want to like reflect it that way. When I say like burden of disease, I mean like how do you allocate resources to treat people or how do you fund public like services Mm -hmm. in order to support those people. I'm not saying they're a burden on society. Right. (laughs) So maybe your goal is to look at the risk over time though. Maybe you want to look at a period of like 30 years. Yeah. Because you feel it's becoming more or less common. That's when you can pull in incidence rates. Okay. So you could break like the 30 years into like five year chunks and calculate a separate incidence rate for each period. So you could see how it changes across time in that area. There's a really cool way of explaining incidence versus prevalence. Mm -hmm. And I would like you to imagine a bathtub. I'm imagining it. Clawfoot if you like. Oh, it was. Wow. Okay. (laughs) So the water in the tub is prevalence. Mm -hmm. The number of people in the population with that ailment. The water coming from the faucet into the tub is incidence. Those are the number of new cases that increase the level of water in the tub. Right. How does the tub empty? It is not an infinite bathtub. Well, water can evaporate out or drain out. Mm Mm-hmm. Water that evaporates up out of the tub reflects the folks that have been treated or cured. Mm -hmm. They are no longer counted as part of the prevalence, and they are no longer, like, in that population. The water that is released to the drain reflects the folks that have died. Yes. And they don't have to have died from the disease. Right. But they are no longer part of that case, and it's not because they recovered. Yes. Incidence and prevalence also don't always increase together. Mm -hmm. So there are illnesses that are short-lived and not deadly, or short-lived and almost always deadly, yeah. like rabies. There are also illnesses like HIV, where the incidence rate is low. We've figured out effective prevention methods. Yeah. But the prevalence is high because we've gotten better at keeping folks with HIV alive. So oh, we're treating okay. those pre-existing cases right. and preventing new ones, but okay. they're living longer. So the prevalence rate is higher, or sorry, the prevalence is higher, but yeah. the incidence rate is decreasing or stable. Okay, okay. That makes sense. So the reason I want to talk about this distinction is because Alzheimer's is interesting to track. Mm-hmm. Our population demographics are changing in a lot of ways, 
But mm-hmm. one of them is that more people are surviving past the age of 65. Yeah. Of course, this depends a lot on other factors like race and socioeconomic status. Right. But essentially, while many folks think that incidence rates like new cases each year could be declining, there's a larger potential at-risk population where you just have more people that could be part of that denominator. So we consider the at-risk population of folks to be anyone 65 or older. Mm -hmm. The rate of disease is slowing, but the prevalence is growing. So according to an article from the Alzheimer's Association, they're projecting a 6.7 increase in the prevalence of Alzheimer's. Mm. Uh, I think that's by, oh, I had by year, and then I was like, (laughs) oops. Uh, (laughs) By when? (laughs) Double by the end of the earth? Who knows? Someday. I have a year later. Don't even worry. Uh, So another complicating factor is that the likelihood of developing Alzheimer's increases dramatically with age. So the incidence rate for folks 65 to 74 is 4 in 1,000. Okay. The incidence rates for folks above the age of 85 is 76 in 1,000. Okay. So when a massive generational cohort ages into a higher risk all at once, yeah. So by 2050, we're expecting the incidence rate to double. Yeah. (laughs) So even if we're like starting to notice all these like comorbidities or things that like preventative measures that we can take that are effective, we have this huge generation that is about to age into the highest risk bracket. Oh God. Yeah. Okay. So this is to say it's fucking complicated and scary. Yeah. And even if we're like, okay, you got to eat blueberries. I don't even know. Like there are so many different things yeah. that you can do to kind of like stave it off. Like, right. There are a lot of like, I actually, I had to write in my notes uh, while I was watching mm-hmm. like research break and I dug up a paper that I wrote in 2013 <laughs> on estrogen and Alzheimer's because I did a research paper yeah. for my neuroscience class and it, I was, like, so frustrated watching this movie at first because I was like, that's not accurate. You can't tell about beta amyloid plaques until after they die. And that's changed. (laughs) Back when I did the research, the only way to diagnose a certainty was after death. Right. To look at the brain and, you know, like, pull it out. But now you can actually get, like, MRI and, like, other imaging. Right. Oh, that makes sense. Plaques and, like, proteins associated with it. So, like, I was salty. I was like, she's not dead. You can't tell. They can tell. (laughs) They can tell with more certainty than they used to be able to. Uh... But anyway, <laughs> uh, so it's complicated, mm-hmm. it's scary, it feels unpredictable, and like the epidemiology part of this was because I love epi and like teasing out different right. measures of morbidity, but the confusion and fear part is what I want to like get into because Makes it, yeah. this is a hotter podcast. It's a scary podcast. Yeah. And I'm here to connect to disease to society. <laughs> if we learned anything from Salem's Lot. Here we go. I love talking oh. about disease in society. <laughs> Salem's Lot. Mm. Shovels ash. <laughs> Just wait. Yeah, anyway. It's going to be good. So we know in the coming decades, Mm -hmm. we'll have a huge number of folks impacted by Alzheimer's. And it's not just the people that develop it. It's also their caregivers. Right. It is emotionally taxing and time intensive caring for someone with dementia. Mm -hmm. I watched my grandparents go. So it's like I... (laughs) Right. I wasn't even impacted by it in the like labor way. Right. But like I saw the toll that it took on their caregivers. Right. So there's also this anticipatory dread. We fear it happening Mm -hmm. to us or our loved ones. So there was a survey from the Alzheimer's Society in the UK showing that 56% of people who should seek out a dementia diagnosis put it off for up to a year or more because they're afraid. Over half of the people that are thinking that they should be screened don't want to because they're afraid. According to their article, quote, dementia is the most feared health condition in the UK, perhaps also explaining why almost two-thirds of people surveyed felt a diagnosis would mean their life was over. Oh my 
God. Yeah. Ugh. So what are some of the reasons that we fear it so much? Some reasons are pretty straightforward. We mm-hmm. don't want to forget who we are uh, or our best memories right. or our loved ones. We don't want to cause stress or pain for others. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's also some cool stuff brought up by, not cool, <laughs> sad. <laughs> so cool. Uh, <laughs> cool. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, brought up by an article I found in the conversation. Mm-hmm. I think it was Peter Kevern. So mm-hmm. I'm going to quote him directly or them. I don't know their pronouns. So quote, but the hold which, we're good. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> But the hold which the prospect of dementia has on our collective imagination may be rooted in something more fundamental than our fear of disease. It challenges our deepest cultural assumptions. We live in a hypercognitive society, as the medical ethicist, ethicist Stephen Post termed it, in which rational thought and coherent memory are core values. If the measure of our humanity is, I think, therefore I am, what is the human status of someone whose ability to think is impaired? Mm-hmm. And this obviously overlaps significantly with disability studies and disability justice movements. Right. And like our concept of human worthiness in a capitalist, ableist society is supremely fucked. So it like outright just dismisses people. Yeah. And so that's a thing to dig into as well. But Kevin goes on to say, quote, if the sort of human being that we recognize and value is somebody who thinks clearly, remembers accurately, consumes consistently, meaning um, money wise, not mm-hmm. food wise, and adapts speedily, then it's clear that a person with a diagnosis of dementia faces the prospect of a sort of social and cultural death in addition to the privations and suffering from the condition itself. So the way that we understand our worth in a capitalist society is through our ability to be part of this cognitive, Mm -hmm. cultural, like, capital, where it's like we not only are our production, but we also are measured by our ability to continue being a conscious consumer and an active participant in capitalist machinations (laughs) machinations <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. so that article will give me a lot to think about and right. i still don't know because like we can ask people like why do you fear it yeah everyone will have like different answers to some degree like it'll overlap a lot and to me i always thought like i don't want to like have someone else going through the pain of losing someone yeah, yeah, yeah. so like to me that was always it but it's different for like people that are approaching right. it in their 60s you know so like, how do we perceive aging and cognition and worth and ability? And this film came out in 2014, but there mm-hmm. was also a 2020 film, Relic, that digs into the horror of Alzheimer's. Oh, interesting. Uh, okay. I haven't, like... I haven't seen, seen it, it, no. But I'm wondering, like, is this going to be a growing subgenre as yeah. the prevalence increases? Like, is this a fear that we're already tackling in different ways, or is it one that we're going to see growing in horror? Yeah. Because this, as we mentioned, was a bait and switch of like, oh, it's Alzheimer's. Oh, no, it's a snake demon. Oops. Yeah. Oh, whoopsies. Des Jardins. Uh, Des Jardins. <laughs> so it's like, how do we navigate dementia? How yeah. do we navigate our fear and dread? And how do we reflect that in movies? Right. So that was just kind of a brief peek and a question. I wonder, yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. And I don't know. Like, so much of this is just, I don't, we have to kind of tease out what are we afraid of. And a lot right. of it's the unknown. And I wonder if all the different fears will be tackled in different movies. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's so many different things to be afraid of. So yeah. I'm like, what, are they going to cover all of them? Yeah. Or the, is it just and not going to? I don't know. And some people have said that, like, the increase in zombie films is also reflective of it. I think that zombies are more typically connected to other things. But yeah. people that, like... If you're looking for dementia in horror, you can find it in a lot of places. But I think that the intentional use of it to be like pointing out like our it's very fear specific, yeah, and like, like 
tying directly into our fear of forgetting. Yes. And fear of that, like, loss of agency and dignity. I think that that is something very specific that we may start seeing more of. Interesting. Oh, spooky. Yeah, so that, it wasn't, that's spooky. It's not snakes, and I'm sorry. It's okay. It's okay. This was interesting, though. Yeah. It's, like, a bummer, but also, I do wonder if, yeah, it'll become, like, a trend. I mean... Uh, part of me is like I don't want it to be yeah but then the other part of me is like I mean this was a good movie yeah but I'm also like I don't know if I could do more of them oh yeah no <laughs> I couldn't do more of this like this is a very specific movie that I like and I don't know if I could handle if this became its own kind of genre no I wouldn't watch it I'm I couldn't. saying that like right now because like this movie to me like I'm able to watch this one because it ends up being right. <laughs> a demon, I a don't. snake person, whatever. But like, I have seen three different grandparents die from dementia. Yeah, so it's like not something that not I want something I in would my enjoy. Yeah, like I because we've talked about before how like horror movies sometimes are a weird like anti-anxiety for yes. us. That would do the opposite. Oh no, <laughs> that ties like deep into yeah fears that are active. and I'm sure <laughs> other people would feel the yeah. same. So. Yeah. Interesting. I'd be interested to hear what other people think if they were also like, I don't want that. Or if there are some people who'd be like, yeah. oh, it'd be interesting to see. Yeah. I don't know. Just curious. What a good nerd corner. Hey, thanks. You're welcome. Oh, um, I'm excited. I have some notes. Yes. Obviously, I have some notes. <laughs> I have some notes. I, I have a few. Let's just like a few notes or whatever. Um, I will say my first note, and I'm just going to get it out now. I have a big old crush on Sarah. Oh, who doesn't? I like, the moment I saw her I was like, oh, I like her a lot. Mm-hmm. Oops. I I have not seen the movie League of Our Own, but oh. she is in that. League of and Our Own is so good. I went on a deep dive and like looked her up in that movie. You know, look it up. She looks cute. See, I'm obsessed with Gina <laughs> Davis like no other. So I know, and I have I don't know how I haven't seen this movie yet, but I need to, and now I especially need to because. Sarah's so cute. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, she is. Yeah, she's cute, right? Um, so let's go ahead and get that out. Uh, all, the whole time I was watching it, I was like, oh, no, Sarah. <laughs> I love you. Oh, no. Um, so I'll just go down the list. I don't actually have that many notes, mostly because whenever it's found footage, um, I don't know, I find a lot of lighting and things to be similar. So I kind of am like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we've, we've talked about found yeah. footage. Um, I do like... The acting, I think, in found footage is what I noticed the most because it's so hard to be supernatural. Not supernatural, but you know what I mean? Like It's hard to be Winchester. It's hard to be supernatural. <laughs> no, uh, it's hard to be like very real, I think, for a found footage movie to make it believable. Yeah. Because you can go too much where I'm like, you're acting and we all know it. Yeah. Or I feel like you could almost do it like not enough where I'm like you're trying too hard to be net you know what I mean yeah because sometimes like the found footage if you're actually looking at like a PhD thesis where they're not a professional actress it's gonna be overwrought and it's gonna be like and then this happened yeah it's gonna be like like, you need that sweet spot yeah yes the bagel bites like you need the sweet spot of like there's gonna be moments where she's going to overact for her thesis but I need to see her being natural and when she's herself and so I think they all did a great job, I thought. Besides the fact that she sounds from like she's from New Zealand, which I didn't hear, but you know, I'll play you a certain part. Please it's do like when she's get, talking about Alzheimer's. Yes, like, please in do, because um, oh. I didn't hear it. But I'm sure if I listen to it with you, I probably will. I'm like, um, ah! <laughs> I pointed but, aggressively across the table. But the acting in general, very good. Yeah, especially from Deborah. I mean, duh, she's incredible. Yeah. Um, but I think everyone does a good job of being like 
I don't know, conveying different emotions. Sarah's obviously very distraught, but also there's moments where she's like, say thank you. Just tell her thank you for like making your bet. Tell mm-hmm. her thank like, and she's like begging her them to do this, yeah. and like, it just came off so real. There's a moment where she's in the attic. They mm-hmm. have just pulled a corpse in a bag out of yes. the rafters. And she's like, I can't fucking thank you enough, guys. Yes. And to me, I was like, I know people that like, this mm-hmm. feels real. Even it if felt- someone else would be like, that's so weird. I'm like, no, no. I know those people. Like, it, I- it, <laughs> There were moments like that where it felt so real that it was like almost comical. Yeah. But, but I'm like, you've been in that moment. You've been when like, you've been in moments where like, it's not funny then. But if you had watched that moment yourself, back you'd be like oh that was kind of funny what i just said and like there's that moment where they're trying to light the fire and she's like oh my god i can't light it Ah, burn me like and they're screaming and they're kind of like bickering back Uh and forth and it's hilarious she's like you're not putting it on i am you're not putting the thing push it down exactly (laughs) and she's like ow oh my god and like there's just these little moments that were really funny and they're like so many snakes she's like fuck you yes And I'm like, that's so real. Yeah. Like, they're so mad, but, like, also they're scared. And it's like, they don't think it's funny. But we do. Mm-hmm. But also, I'm like, we would say shit like that oh, if yeah. I was scared. I've said some weird shit when I'm scared because yeah. I'm anxious and I don't know what to do. Yeah. Or in, like, a really weird situation where yes. it's like, I don't know how to handle this body. Thank you for being here with me during this. Exactly. <laughs> like, it's just so funny the way we handle grief. And I think yeah. that they did that a really good job in this of not making it a cut and paste that's how you handle grief like yeah. it was like sarah's kind of funny sarah's kind of goofy she's handling yeah. it in this way and it's like you that's can, how it's gonna be see she desperately loves her mom yes. like in the moment where she is holding her mother in bed like soothing her after yes. like a, basically a panic attack but then you have the moment of like deborah's like i don't understand why we have to take these away and she's like because you like to eat the mom yeah and it's like that's her coping mechanism yes she's kind of like there's those little moments where like they would get a little laugh out of me but i'd be like Oh, but it's kind of sad. Like when she does that, when she's like, because you like to eat that. I'm like, huh? Oh. Like it's like she's trying to cover this with like almost a little bit of humor, but you can tell that she's not happy and she is coping with humor. It's it's not a joke for the audience, it's a joke for her. And it's like the strain is just like she's trying to work through that pressure. So I liked it a lot. I thought that the writing and the acting was great because it was like all of the comedy within the thing was not really for our benefit as much as it was to show how they cope with things and how like situations like that no matter how supernatural and scary things will happen and people will say things that are ridiculous but it's real and i wonder how much was improv oh yeah because i know with found footage they'll do a lot of like specific improv to be like we want it as real as possible and i wonder how much was just their personality being like you're in this stressful situation we just built you up now just go and see what you say (laughs) and it's like very real yeah um yeah, but like the, I can't fucking thank you enough. She's literally holding like a demon body and she's like, oh, thank you so much, guys. And I'm like, stop it. Get to the yeah. fireplace. Like, <laughs> I'm like, you know, the pack day horse girl energy. Yes. And I'm just like, I know who and you are. Exactly. I was like, you have energy that I respect. Yeah. Like, I was like, I get it. Um, my second note was, I have a big crush on Sarah. So I'm glad that I was, it was yeah. important enough I had to write it down. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, oh, this was an interesting note because you just talked about it. Uh, my third note was, I think having this be about something that a lot of people deal with and then having it switched to something supernatural makes it extra scary, yeah. which we just talked about. So <laughs> way to go. Hey. Um, also, let's see. Oh, God. It was te- talk to text again, and I, this one really got goofed. I love the shop. Or she's standing in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> or she's standing in the dark. <laughs> what? Is- oh, okay. I know what I was t- 
I love the shop. Or is she standing in the dark? Or, or. No. Um, one of my favorite shots was when the very first time that they're kind of like in the house and she's walking around. Um, and it's like super dark. Um, yeah. And she's like, you can tell that there's like a little bit of a shape. And he's like, hey, Deborah, like, and she's by the window. Um, but she's still not lit by the window, which is kind of like a, I don't know, a very usual technique to be like, oh, look at this nice lighting from the window. Mm -hmm. But first it's just dark. Um, and then you get like a light that comes on outside and then all of a sudden she is so bright and you can see her so clearly. And it's like, you knew she was there, but because it's this instant lighting, that's just like a drastic change. It scared the shit out of me. It wasn't even a jump scare. She didn't move. She didn't do anything, but because... All of a sudden, she was in clear view. I was like, uh-uh. And even the guy is like, uh Yeah. <laughs> like, he knew she was there, but he was like, I don't like it. <laughs> um, it's like your roommate with cats. <laughs> <laughs> when all of a sudden, they're just there, and she's like, no! <laughs> um, and I love that it wasn't, this is going to sound cheesy, but I love that it wasn't like lightning. You know, yeah. it's always, whenever there's like a sudden yeah. flash, it's usually like, ooh, lightning, or a flashlight. And with this, it was just like a motion sensor light outside that probably had nothing to do with supernatural just happened to happen yeah. and i'm like oh perfect <laughs> um and at that point it's still believed to be like alzheimer's and she's yeah. just walking what is it called when Sundowning? thank you mm -hmm. i was like i think it's supposed to yeah. potentially be that so that's like actually one of the tropes <laughs> i have later is not it? sundowning itself but shown their work is okay. like when the director or writer or whatever actually does their fucking research yeah and they like slip in facts that seem like they're probably like oh hollywood truth whatever right. but it's actually well researched so okay. sundowning is like the tendency for mm -hmm. folks with dementia like as the sun goes down in the evening to get agitated, sometimes aggressive, confused, pacing, that right. sort of thing. Because um, I only knew it because of the movie The Visit. Oh, yeah. Which I also like. I, I, don't, I don't know if it's quite as good as like this one. I don't know. But it's good. It's interesting. Yeah. Um, but they do the same thing where it's like they explain in the beginning like, oh, she's got like this thing. They yeah. say sundowning. And they're like, she just has this thing that she does and blah, blah. So if she's out at night, don't, don't be worried. And then it gets like terrifying. Um, if she's digging a lot of holes, don't worry. Right? It's fun. Just let her dig. Yeah. Um, it's a fun activity. It's just like, it's a lot of She has thing. her hobbies. We all like to garden. <laughs> Diggerding. <laughs> Diggerding. <laughs> um, we all like to day's garden. Isn't that that uh, good vegetarian thing? The Diggerding. <laughs> you get it. <laughs> um, but I like that. It, it was like accurate. And I was like, yeah, yeah. So she wasn't doing anything scary. Yeah. And it is an accurate thing that happens. But just to have it happen and all of a sudden it's like she's like so brightly lit and she's not doing anything. But it is unsettling. Yeah. Even if you, that happened to somebody and it wasn't supernatural and it was just happening in your life, still unsettling to see someone you love just standing in the dark staring out the window. Oh, yeah. No matter what. And it, So, yeah. I, one of my things that I was frustrated about and mm -hmm. I don't think was accurate, <laughs> the one thing is basically, like, they have her... Like, they're trying to show her memory lapses. Yes. But at one part, they're like, no, you did go to Germany, and you really liked it. In earlier stage Alzheimer's, you forget more recent memories. But, like, older memories are mostly intact because it's about the, like, formation of that. new memories. And it, so it could be, like... You don't have to be accurate about Alzheimer's because it's not Alzheimer's. <laughs> mm -hmm. Or it could be showing, like, it's progressing more rapidly than they think. And usually right. it starts with newer memories and, like, confusion during daily activities. And then it right. escalates to forgetting longer-held memories. Yeah. So it could be showing an, an escalation. Because it does or, do that in, like, what, the middle-ish of the movie? They start to be like, yeah. oh, it's way more 
and they, let me yeah. go on. Like they do, like actually say like it's yeah. aggressive. It's progressed a lot, but like in the beginning when they're trying to establish like these are the symptoms that yeah. she's presenting, I'm like, not all of these are super accurate. Yeah. You're just really trying to show that she's having a hard time, and it's right. like everyone's different. But from like watching that. It doesn't look like that yeah. at first. It's hard because we don't know the twist at that point. Yes. So it's it's hard to justify it yeah. to be like, oh, it's because it's a demon. Well, yeah. we don't know that. Yeah. Like, if you're trying to convince us it's Alzheimer's, you got to do yeah. it accurately. But um, when they do have her, like, standing by the window, the reason I, like, brought this back is that is more accurate. Like, the paranoia, yeah. the fear, the, yeah. like, at night, like, that With, is... like, the, the shovel that she loses. Oh yeah, the trowel like that one's like extra aggressive. Yeah. But it's still like I feel like that is somewhat of an accurate thing to yeah. be like, where is this? I know someone took it kind of thing. Like Yeah. So with like someone in my family, they were convinced that the boys from the war were trying to get them still. Oh god. And so like they would try to go outside. Yeah. And so like putting alarms on the doors and stuff. Yeah. And it, so like that fear and that paranoia and like timelines overlapping somewhat, like that is more accurate so like yeah. her standing by the window thinking that someone's trying to get in that resonated <laughs> yeah so it seems like some of it's really accurate and then some of it's like eh, not so much but again it's so hard to tell if it's like yes. this, is this purposeful yeah. or did you just goof like yeah. you know so like looking back i'm less irritated but yeah. at the beginning i was like <sighs> it's like they didn't right. even take neuroscience <laughs> so it's like what do you want me to believe yeah <laughs> So I still like it, but yes. I do see what you mean about like, I don't know what you want me to believe in the beginning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I do like, once you've seen it, spoilers for the whole movie, just so everyone knows. Oh, like, yeah. I know people already know that, but I'm so worried we're going to have one person who's listening and be like, well, now I know. And I'll be like, you should have. This movie's almost a decade old, by the way. I know. So, like- so I'm like, come on, guys. <laughs> uh, so um, the part where she does get paranoid about the shovel mm-hmm. um, and like, you know, all that. I do love that that ties into the end. Because, yes. like, the whole point of the movie, if you didn't know, is that she's possessed by this, like, murderer that was in their town a long time ago. And you find out that Sarah was supposed to be the seventh victim to finish this horrible ritual thing. Yeah. Um, and basically, her mom killed him. Yeah. They think, they give you this little bait and switch where they tell you it's their Harris. neighbor. What is it? Harris. Harris. Um, so they give you this little bait and switch and you think it's Harris. And then Harris, on his dying breath, is like, yo, your mom killed him with that shovel and buried him. Yeah. And so it's like oh so it's she really put her trial in his neck <laughs> yes so it's really cool to like go back and be like she did have those moments where she was kind of like you thought that she was losing it and that she was becoming de Hardin. but really like those moments of her trying to find the shovel and everything are almost lucid moments where yeah. she's like i need this for i know he's here like yeah a really interesting to go back i don't know i just thought that was neat it tied it in well oh, and yeah. made it purposeful instead of just like you said like I'm trying to show a symptom. Yeah. So some of them were neat. I oh, was yeah. like, that's cool. Like when she's digging, like obviously she's digging where he is to be like, why is he inside of me right now? I know I killed him. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I did like that quite a bit. Yeah. And I did like that they used, you know, kind of like the descent where like all the lighting made sense sort of, where it all came from something that would be in the house or the cameras or whatever. I don't know. Felt purposeful. Something else that I liked about the found footage is that they yeah. do have scenes that are like could have been cut, but they didn't. So like, there's that moment in the hospital mm-hmm. where like we already checked them. He's like, "Why didn't you fucking tell me that?" And it's like, <laughs> "Yes, so it's like- I love it. I love when they leave those in because yeah. it looks like they weren't editing this yeah. to make a movie. It looks like they were editing this. I can't say the word editing. 
Edit editing. I edit ethicist. Why did I add so many T's just now? I was like editing. It's like me trying to spell Mississippi as a kid. M I S S I S S S S. It seemed like they were editing it, not for the benefit of making a movie, but for the benefit of like we want to show you what happened. So it made more sense. I was like, that's nice. They left in a lot of those, and I was like, that's nice. Yeah. That one guy really cracks me up the whole time. I love when he goes, you see this, buddy? It's a cross. I'm putting it on the window. Like, it was so cheesy. But, like, in that moment, he genuinely is like, fuck you guys. I'm doing this. Like, <laughs> I have to confess. Something. Yes. I, there's a moment halfway through my notes. Mm-hmm. It's actually when Gavin leaves. Yeah. That I had this moment. And it was, oh, my God, Louise and Gavin are not who I thought. Okay, so we have to do a swip swap every time I said Louise and then Gavin because I had their names entirely backwards. So now I don't know who did what. So I think anytime it was someone being, like, really freaked out and upset, I think that's Gavin. Okay. So, like, when he puts the cross on the thing and he's, like, filming it to be like, you said not to touch your equipment, but look at this. Okay. I think that's Gavin. Okay. I think he's the I one know. that's, like, pissed the whole time. Yeah. Because, like, um, I know he's the one that was standing on the counter. Yes. When, like, the trowel was out. Right. We don't see Louis. Is it Louis or Louis? I thought it was Louis. Okay. I couldn't remember. <sighs> I can't remember now either. Okay. You know how I am with names. Yeah. I'm like, that sounds right, but I'm I could be the wrong. the main person, but then halfway through, I was like, oh, no. It was a little <laughs> harder with this one because they don't say names too often as much. Yeah. It's, like, a little more, like, focused on her and, like, the the mom, you know, Deborah. Yeah. So it's, like, they don't say names too often. Yeah. Um, but I think Gavin's the one that's freaked out. He's also the one I, I think that does the, like, I want to show you guys how did she get on that counter thing. Yes. And I think. And he's Lewis, the one that dips. Like, yes. he's the one. Like, I know for sure. So mm-hmm. I was trying to work my way back from yeah, that moment. I think he's the one that's consistently not happy. And I think Luis okay. is the one who's like, oh, I don't know. Like, maybe it's just a glitch or whatever. Yeah. And he's like, no, it's not. Um, Gavin also has one of my favorite lines in the whole thing. Not because it's funny or anything, but just because it felt the most real. Like I said, when Sarah does that thing where she goes, say thank you. And she's like, say thank you. And finally he goes, hey, Deborah, d- uh, thank you. So, and it feels so forced, but also like, I have to do this mm-hmm. and make it sound genuine. Mm-hmm. And it just felt so real. It's something you would do to like an old lady to be like, please like me. Yeah. <laughs> where he's like, um, I'm going to have to coexist here yes. with you. I've been told seven times I must say thank you right. for the floor bed. Yes. So here we are. And it just felt so like, I have to say this and I'm trying my best to do it real. And I was like, this is good. The acting just really got me in this. Yeah. I loved everybody. Uh, it was great. <clears throat> um, I I think, yeah, um, I said steady decline from Alzheimer's into something supernatural is really mm-hmm. scary. Um, especially when you get the interviews with doctors because they can't figure out what's happening and you're watching them struggle just as much as like everybody is. Because at first you're watching like, she's going to beat this. Deborah's a fighter. And then all of a sudden you get okay, this is progressing more than it should, but don't worry, she's going to beat it. And then it's, again, like, we don't know what the fuck's happening now. So it's, like, this steady decline of, like, the one person who's supposed to be able to help you is, like, I don't know anymore. Yeah. And, and they're, like, like oh, oh so we're pulling in a specialist from the big yes. city because there's, like, this scaly rash and, like, we're really yeah. not sure about this. Things just kept getting worse and worse and, like, less believable, but also, like, not unbelievable. Nothing was super, super unbelievable, I think, yeah. is the best part. Nothing happens that you can't be like, maybe, even though it's unlikely, it could technically be this. Even like the rash. They're like, maybe she's allergic to something. Maybe. I don't know. So I thought that was believable, but in a way that was like still 
scary. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, is it? Like, it, could it be that? No way. Even Maybe? when she was, like, peeling off sections of flesh. Yeah. I was like, that's not how flesh peels. And I was like, eh, older people's skin is right. kind of delicate. I thought the same thing yeah. where I was like, no way. And then I was like, well, eh. I mean, if she's old and also if yeah. she's, like... Not super, like, I don't know. They said she was, like, fit in the beginning. They're like, oh, she takes care of herself. She's great. Your skin still loses elasticity. But exactly. I was like, like, but it doesn't matter. So, yeah. I was like, yeah. It, it felt real, but also slowly, like, no, no, no. <laughs> She's a snake. <laughs> she needs the hat. The wine and crime hat. I am not well. I am not well. <laughs> she needs that the whole time. Yes. We need to Photoshop just her with yeah. the hat. Like, <laughs> we're in the... Mm. <laughs> But we can tip, be honest about be how you're honest. feeling. It's okay. <laughs> I I love um, also like it's such a fucked up little picture of her holding that little girl's hand, and she's just like they both look so miserable, which it's not funny, but I'm also just like you two had a day. <laughs> and I think there's a moment where the girl and her are facing different directions yes! while they're holding hands. And I was like, hold on, <laughs> it's so great. Like, what are you doing? I do like that they have it happen twice. Yeah. Um, it just shows, like, uh, how determined and, like, how much it possible that, like, Deborah's trying to fight this, too. Because she's like, oh, because she lets her go. Yeah. And it has to be a moment where Deborah's like... In control. In control. But you don't know that because you don't know that she's possessed. So you're like, what is happening? And then you go back and you watch it. I think it's got a little bit of rewatchability to be like, in what parts is it Deborah and is it not? Yeah. And all the parts that you think it's something evil, it's probably Deborah actually being like, I need to bury this, you know? Yeah. So interesting. Um, but <laughs> when she's got that little girl head in her mouth, <laughs> I just... <laughs> it's like in the moment you're like, oh, scary. But then afterward you're, you're like... like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The absurdity of it is like, oh yeah, I, my friend just sent me a TikTok before this and I was like, no way you found that. I don't know how you found that, but it just has this guy with a camera and it says, you're making a movie about a woman with Alzheimer's and he's like, oh yeah. And then all of a sudden it goes, she just put a little girl's head in her mouth and this guy walks in in an old wig and goes (laughs) and starts chewing on a baby doll's head. Oh my God. (laughs) And I'm like, how did you find this? I'll send it to you because it's incredible. Amazing. Because I was like, how how relevant is this movie that someone is out there making a TikTok about it? I'll find it. Um, I have a, a trope for this. Oh, boy. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. Wait, for the head in the mouth or the TikTok? No, I do not have a trope for the TikTok okay, good. yet. Yeah, for the head in the mouth. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh-huh. Oh, God. Uh, oh, here we go. I said the part where they're burning the body is almost comical. When they're, like, screaming and she spills the lighter fluid on her and she goes, Ah, fuck, sorry! <laughs> um, and then they're all trying to get the wood underneath and then the lighter and she's, like, pushing it in. <laughs> and she goes, I'm pushing it! No, you're not! <laughs> we already talked about it, but I just oh. think it's, it's really good. Um, and then I, I didn't take a lot of notes, but one of my last ones was, I think my favorite part of the movie is the makeup. Um, I think Deborah looks really really bad but at first like she just looks like an old woman who is unfortunately dying yeah she looks like she's just really because in the beginning she looks great yeah i mean she's you know beautiful old woman then man does she take a turn and everything that's creepy about her is not necessarily like a makeup thing as much as it is just like circumstance like she just goes through so much shit that she ends up looking kind of scary. Yeah. Um, so when I read that fact about how it's like kind of subtle and we didn't want to show a transformation, I was like, I see now. I get it. It happens so fast. But also like, I, like 
At first, she's really cute and pretty, whatever. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, she's got this big bandage on her neck. Then all of a sudden, she's got a rash. Then all of a sudden, she's got bandages on her arms. And, like, she just gets... And then she's losing her hair. And then she's got this, like, horrible, like, thing, bags under her eyes. And I'm like, it's so believable. And then all of a sudden, she's a snake. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm, so it really mm-hmm. just was like, uh-huh. Oh, okay. No, mm-hmm. no, no, no. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I think that's my favorite part. So when I read that, I was really happy. I was like, oh, it was supposed to be subtle. Okay. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I couldn't tell if it was like a budget thing and they purposefully did it to be like we couldn't afford it or if it was like we want this to be effective. That's probably my favorite so, part of this movie. Yeah. It's like the restraint they show up until that point mm-hmm. and then like, well, it's great. Yeah. Because it's like it really keeps the twist a twist while also just being genuinely terrifying in that one moment. You're like, what the fuck? And of course, the little girl at the end. Her smile is great. She's just like, mm-hmm, like me. <laughs> I kind of knew it, obviously. I've seen this book when I first saw it, and they went to the little girl's birthday. I was like, why? Like, there's no way. I'm like, there's, come on. Why else would you show us this girl's birthday? And then she's like, teehee, I'm a demon. And you're like, ow, you. I was looking for like a flash, like one of those blink and you miss it things mm-hmm. of like snake face right. or like demon eyes. No. Because they do that with the switchboard in the attic. Right. Where like there's this flash and you see the outline of a face. Like oh, they do that so a few cool. times. Yeah. Where you see like a skull or something, yeah. you know? And so I was like, oh, I'm looking for a flash. Like, no, it's her tight fucking smile. She it's just terrifying. Turns and smiles and it's like, ew. Because, yeah, it's her birthday. She's happy. And I'm like, not that happy. That's fucked up. <laughs> don't look at me like that. You know I don't like kids. <laughs> I don't like kids when they're scary. Ugh. Just, what? This is not, you're, I don't see, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not consistent. No consistency. <laughs> not consistency. Because baby Michael. Oh, well, that kid's an angel baby. Is he? Yeah. Have you seen his little face? He's he so cute. With bloody knife. Okay, but that has nothing to do with how cute his face is. <laughs> you can hand a knife to the cutest little baby, and that baby's still going to be cute. That little girl just had a creepy face. <laughs> so that's on her. <laughs> She's old enough she to She has to take to that now. up with her and God. <laughs> My mother in Christ, you have the scary face. Or Des Jardins. Or Des <laughs> take Jardins. Take it up with Des Jardins. I'll take it right up with Des Jardins. Take it right down. <laughs> I will never back down on the fact that I think baby Michael Myers is very cute. That's who it is, right? Michael Myers? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Baby Michael Myers, when he's in his little clown outfit, that's a cute kid. I'm sorry. I don't like it either, everybody. But he's cute. Okay. (laughs) Not this kid, though. She was scary. Okay. And I stand by that. I'm just going to start making, like, a chart of, like, these are scary, these are not, to see if I can find the trend You need, like, one of those, like, circle, like, Venn diagrams. Like, this one's okay, this one's not. This one's in the middle. Yeah. (laughs) We're not sure about this one. We don't know yet. I don't know how I feel. Um, The scariest one will always be Tank Top Child. Oh, yeah. Of course. Nothing has topped that one yet. He looks like a little man. Like yeah. a little old man. <laughs> I didn't like him. I didn't. No. Did he even have a tank top? I don't know. Did we ever verify? I don't remember. I think he did. I really focused in on it. And uh-huh. I don't even, it wasn't even, I just. Ugh. We'll find it. <laughs> we'll find it. Those are my notes. Okay. Um, so yeah, I didn't focus on like lighting or sound too much. I did like the sound though. Mm-hmm. I thought sound was good. It was like, obviously you can hear them talking and everything, but there's like some good sound effects with like her tearing things or digging and like, that was, I don't know scary i don't know yeah i don't know how to explain what i mean but it was just like atmospheric i think is like they had some moments where it was just like oh gross <laughs> yeah something i like about like found footage style films is when you do have like all you have is the camera panning over like an empty scene yeah. and so you might have like maybe the whir mm-hmm. of like 
something in the background. Like a fan or something, yeah. And so I do like that in those moments, it's very, like, bare bones Mm -hmm. and you're just waiting. Yes. And so, like, one of those moments, it was very paranormal activity where you're on Deb's, like, uh, room camera. Yeah, yeah. And you're just staring at it for like a minute. And I was like, I don't know what's going to happen. Is she going to levitate off the bed? Is she going to stand up and stare at the camera? No, she ends up rolling. Like, she jolts awake and then leaves. Yeah. But it's like, I know that something's going to happen, but I don't but know you what don't it's going to be. Exactly. And they make you look at it. And mm-hmm. it's, it's so cool. And there's not really any... Because a lot of things will do like silence into like really intense loud sound yeah. like jump scare. I don't know if this one had It had a too lot of like many. audio jump scares, but I don't know if it was like, it. I don't think it was silence to sudden noise. I don't I think, think a lot so. of it was like, there's already something going on. And then, right. Like yeah. you kind of were like, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. It wasn't sudden. I don't know. I'd have to watch it again, yeah. but I don't think there were too many like that. All of the like jump scare kind of moments almost were like things you could see coming or like you watched happen, but just, I don't know. It just happens quick enough that you're like, ugh, I hate it. Um, yeah. But I liked it. It was interesting. Yeah. Those are my notes. Sorry, I keep bumping my mic this time. I don't know what's up with me. <laughs> Something's up. Something's up. Uh, I'm going through my notes to see. Um, oh, I have the moment where I was like, oh, Deb killed him. Yeah? I was like, oh, I figured that out. Because, like, it's, I don't want to say, but it's later than it should have been. Right. But it's basically when... They're like, oh, uh, DeHardine is missing. And Deb's yeah. like, he's not missing. I was like, oh, she killed him. Yep. Yeah. At that moment, I was like, mm-hmm. Yep. Uh-huh. And they're yep. like, how do you know that, mom? And she's like, I don't know. Just, oh, me? <laughs> I was like, oh, she for sure she's killed him. Because then she starts itching her arm. Yep. Is that moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then, uh... The, as she's among her field of new holes, they're like, this is not normal. And I was like, look at my field of holes, daughter. <laughs> It's not normal. <laughs> Gaze upon the holes. <laughs> Take it in. <laughs> you don't like this? Some of my best work. Are you not entertained? It's frankly insulting. You know what they should have added in this movie? A scene where like, it's not scary at all, but one of them is just walking with the camera and accidentally steps on one of the holes and falls. Now that, yep. <laughs> I need to see one of them be like, fuck. <laughs> or a holes crossover. <gasps> dig, dig it up. Oh, oh, dig it. it. <laughs> I'm going to edit that scene of her digging to that song. <laughs> I'm tired of digging holes, Grandpa. That's too damn bad. <laughs> I'm going to do it. My next note is they really let her spinal juice gurgle out. Uh, and I was like, is that what a spinal tap looks like? Like, is that what it does? I hate it. Um, And then Mia, like, invokes the draft. She's like, oh, it was probably a draft. And I was like, oh, so they're calling out the tropes. And, like, one of the guys is like, are you fucking kidding me? And I she's love like, that. She's like, come on. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, and then mm. I love when Gavin understands how hard it is to find a salad in a small town. I was like, I feel seen. <laughs> I'm like, thank you for calling out issues uh-huh, uh-huh. that I needed to hear. Uh, and then I watch with subtitles because, like, mm-hmm. I read better than I hear. And uh, two of my favorite, like, subtitled sounds were whimpering thud. Which is not a great combination. <laughs> Never good. <laughs> Beautiful. And then demonic babbling. <laughs> I'm glad we did it for everyone. Yeah. As soon as you said it, I was like, I gotta take a crack at yeah, that. Yep, yep. I gotta. <laughs> and then, uh, like, they just kept calling out, like, 
tropes without like saying them outright. Yeah. So, like when you have the priest, you mm-hmm. think, oh, okay, cool, an exorcism. Right. But he's like, no, you're dumb. We don't do that. Like maybe I could like bring some holy oil. And oh, she's like, right. do you have like a mentor of yours? She's like, there has to be a good old like, boy from on, the church. Like, on. come on, give me an old priest. <laughs> and he's like, no. no. And so I love that because it's so much like when you get to films like Annabelle, it's like, right. fine, give me your mentor. And they're like, okay, but he's been gone for years. Yeah. And it's like, and this guy's like, they were just like, no, no. <laughs> He's like, get the fuck out of here. Yep. And then uh, my last two notes are burn Harris. He's flammable. Don't remember why I said that. <laughs> I think they were having a hard time lighting the fire or something. I was like, yeah, burn him. He's flammable. Yeah. Uh, dry as hell. And then because I saw it written and I heard it said, but I wasn't sure if it was a misspelling mm-hmm. or if it was intentional until yeah. the documentary like actually comes up. And so it was Rouge versus Rogue. And so I was like, is that the River Rouge from the title? (laughs) Stop. So those are my notes. (laughs) Those are good notes. (laughs) Oh, this is a fun movie to talk about. (laughs) I'm, oh, I'm so excited to hear tropes too, but I know we have to do scary stuff. Okay, I was like, I'm like. I just don't know yet. Oh, like, I have mine. Do you? Yeah. I'll let you go, and then I'll I'll see if I know. I can usually tell because as I'm taking my notes, I'll just all cap something. No, you're all like, cap. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry for the audio jump scares I'm introducing into this episode. Same, I'm doing it too. <laughs> we like to keep you on your toes. Uh, so my scariest moment is when they have um, Deborah, and she's like wearing a nice little church going outfit, and yeah. they're like interviewing her. And she's like, you know, I felt peculiar, but now I'm right as rain. Mm -hmm. And they show her the video and she's like, oh yeah, that is obscene. Is that me? Why didn't you stop me? And so then Mia is like, Sarah, maybe we should stop it. And Sarah's like, I need to get to the bottom of this. I need to figure this out. Like I need some sort of ongoing closure. And Deb is like, her head goes down and then she just lunges and you can't even oh tell my it God, yeah. at what at first. And then it's like, Sarah, the camera goes everywhere. And then someone asks one of the camera guys, like, are you okay? And he's like, am I okay? Is she okay? And it's like, oh, yeah. I actually had to rewind it to see it again because when she just lunges. Oh, that got me. That is such a good one. Yeah. Oh, God. I think, hmm, it's hard. I feel like one of my favorites or like scariest moment is that moment with the window that I already oh, talked about. Oh, yeah. Just because, like, I don't know, the sudden light is so scary and she's so, like, silhouetted and spooky. Yeah. Um, but I think that one's the scariest one. But there's another subtle one that really gets me that, like, creeped me out that I feel like everyone's going to be like, really, that one? But it got me. Um, it's one of the moments where they're doing an interview with her or getting ready to. And he's like, I'm going to put this mic. The lavalier. Yeah. And, and he's so afraid of her. Because it just happened with, like, the knife and this and, like everything and it's still in that weird middle moment where you don't know that this is supernatural so you really don't know what is going on and he's just like this is a lavalier like i'm gonna put it down like i have to put it on your shirt and like she doesn't say a word she just stares at him and she looks pissed and it just unsettled me because i'm like i have no idea what she's gonna do because you think that she might lunge at him yes and like he's <laughs> she might scratch doing him. it and she he might. just like and she's just watching him and he obviously is watching the mic at this point so in my head, I'm like, don't take your eyes off her. But then I'm like, but he has to. And it was oh, just yeah. so upsetting. It's and it's so moment. early on that I'm just like, I don't know what her deal is yet. So I can't just be like, of course, why would you take your eyes off her? Well, why wouldn't he? It's just an old woman. Yeah. So that moment really got me. It wasn't like 
the scariest, I guess, but... It's a very it, tense moment. Yeah, it gave me the creeps the most, I guess, because yeah. it was just so, like, ew, don't take your eyes off her, but she's staring at him. I don't know. That was, that was good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Moments. I'm ready. Okay. We're going to do Snake's Light, <sighs> meaning we're just going to briefly talk about snakes. Just a little brief one. Yeah. So, animal motifs. Mm-hmm. And we talked about, like, motifs, how they are, like, recurring images that can support a theme. Yeah. Uh, so snakes in this case overlap with like another trope which is snakes are sinister and it's basically the use of snakes to denote evilness it's like if you need to quickly have like a visual of this person's evil give them a snake or like snakes surround them in a way it's like the oldest i'm evil type thing you know if you're christianity there you go yeah original sin satan like it's so connected to that and so like i'm not familiar with like other world religions Mm -mm. i don't know if there's like snake imagery right or like serpent in general imagery but at least from like being raised in the u.s right with like christianity around snakes evil yep devil yeah so it's a really easy way of like unsettling people right to evil doing uh, so then, this is another moment where I disagree mm-hmm. with the crowdsourced material. Uh, so someone said that Gavin was the audience surrogate, but the mm. audience surrogate is more like the person that you are meant to feel most aligned with, the person right. that you feel like you are. Yeah. And it, like... It doesn't totally align. So there are also ways, like, there are kind of lookalike tropes. Right. So one of them is, like, the Watson, and that's mm-hmm. the person that asks the questions that the audience needs to know the answer to. Yeah. And so it, like, allows for exposition and background and context and stuff. And it's like, well, wouldn't this happen? And someone's like, oh, but you're forgetting the brother right. last night. Yeah. Uh, but in this case, I think that Gavin is actually the meta guy. Okay, okay. Uh, so let's see. To be the meta guy, you have to say the thing that the audience would say in that situation. Okay. And there are, like, a few different ways of playing it. There's, mm-hmm. like, the, um, like, clueless way of saying it, like, oh, like, blah, blah, blah. And then there's, right. like, the genre savvy, mm-hmm. more um, skeptical yeah. one. So a quote from tvtropes.org. The key to being a st- subtle meta guy seems to be skepticism built on natural cynicism rather than actually being aware of the fourth wall. Right. So he's not that, like parody moment or like calling out like oh like i'm obviously in a horror film he's just like guys this is ridiculous because like yeah things don't occur like this this is dangerous so to me he's like the subtle skeptical meta guy right so he's saying what we're thinking <laughs> right but he's not like the person that we identify with as the protagonist no he's but just he's... a person that we see like oh yeah get the fuck out <laughs> yeah he's very much like you're all seeing this right <laughs> yep uh, then we have, I'm not going to dig too deep, in, too deep into this mm-hmm. one, <laughs> dip, uh, body horror, snake jaw. Yeah. And that's it. Gross. Hilarious. Uh, Wild. I know you're in there somewhere fight. So yeah, yeah. that's the one where it can be used in a variety of ways. So sometimes it can be like someone that was previously a protagonist or like a friend to the protagonist has been swayed to mm-hmm. be evil because maybe they feel like things are hopeless and like now they're facing off with the hero. Right. Or maybe they've been mind controlled or maybe they're possessed by a demon. Maybe. Regardless, at some point the hero's going to say, I know you're in there somewhere. You have to fight it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or like the person I know wouldn't do this. And so like literally. Yeah, exactly. Say, or something like, it's me, 
don't you love me? And they're like, yeah. I do love you. And yeah. I can persevere now. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I just need to like reintroduce myself. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So in this case, it's when Sarah is like, I know you're in there somewhere, mom. Like yeah. fight it. You have to fight him so we can burn this. So blah, blah, right. blah. Yeah. Uh, jump scares. Those come up a lot. Mama bear. That's Deborah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, she is the determined switchboard operator that will fucking kill you with her gardening tools. You if go, Deborah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love that. Uh, then there's screw this, I'm out of here, which can overlap with know when to fold them. Yeah. Those are two similar tropes. And it's basically someone that has like signed on to do something and then is like, no, I'm leaving. I know my limits. <laughs> and so the difference between these is know when to fold them mm-hmm. is like we're beat, we need to fold, and it is a respected choice where yeah. it's not like this ultimate betrayal of all your friends that you're leaving behind. Right. It's like the logical choice and it isn't like, uh, <clears throat> we don't have disdain for that person. <laughs> right. But for Screw This, I'm Out of Here, it can be like, oh, you're going to leave them when they need you most because you're scared. Right. And that's what they try to make Gavin mm-hmm. feel like, basically. Yeah. So there are a few different ways like to do Like a mix his, almost, Yeah. yeah. Uh, shown their work. Mm-hmm. This trope is the opposite of Dan Brown. <laughs> so the laconic version of yeah. this is, quote, the writer of a fictional story works in a fact that is real despite feeling like it couldn't be. Hmm. And this is the exact opposite of Dan Brown where he says everything like that he did his research on is 100% factual. The only fictional elements are like his characters when really... He's not, no. He's not factual. It's not. So the show in their work thing is like sundowning. And yeah. like some of the moments with Deborah are right. fairly accurate to how some people experience this. Yeah. And then the signature scene. Yeah. And this is my favorite trope today. So uh, this is when Deborah unhinges her jaw and attempts to eat a child. So Classic. <laughs> Yeah, and the folks point that one of the reasons this is a signature scene is because it is so unlike all the other scenes. Mm -hmm. There's, like, some gore where it's, like, peeling off bits of flesh, but you don't get anything that is, like, someone's body is moving in ways that it could physically not. You don't get that until this moment. Like, it's believable that she could rip that. Like, we just talked about that. We're like, maybe. And so the signature scene is also, like, it's that scene that everyone remembers from the movie. Where it's, like, you say, um... God, what, like Titanic. Everyone's like, oh, paint me like one of your French girls yep, or something. Yep, yeah, exactly. So uh, sometimes it's like on the cover. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's in the trailer. But sometimes it's like the twist. So, right, so it's like we're not going to yeah. show it. Yeah. And like if there are ever parodies, it's going to have a parody of the signature scene. Right. Like it's going to have that moment parodied somehow. Oh, yeah, like the TikTok. Like yeah. it's obviously in that moment. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Perfect. Uh, and it's also so well-known, so iconic, that even people that haven't seen the movie are familiar with oh, that yeah. scene. Like, if you mention this movie, people are like, oh, the snake one? And yeah. it's like, yeah. <laughs> so there are some reasons that a scene may stand out, and this is a list. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could be the centerpiece of the trailer, causing mm-hmm. it to enter the minds of people before they see the movie, or be all they know if they never see the movie. Right. Uh, it could be a piece of exceptional writing or visual beauty. It could be a scene that is uncharacteristic or has nothing to do with the rest of the work. It could be a scene that is so unintentionally laughable or that it overshadows the rest of the work. It could be a scene that went viral, a scene that evoked major controversy, a major twist in the work, Uh or a scene that it was just so shocking it became firmly lodged in the viewer's memory. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then this can start to overlap or like feed into just here for Godzilla if like people know the signature scene and so they just want to be there for that. They're like, I just want to see this happen. So... 
just here for Godzilla is if the main reason people see it is to see that scene. It's like, I'm here for one thing and one thing God. only, and it's to see an old woman unhinge her jaw and deep throat a child's noggin. <laughs> Just here for Godzilla. <laughs> he could have said it so many ways. This is the thing where I said, I know I could have done it differently and I chose violence anyway. As soon as he said it, I was like, this is it. <laughs> he threw a child's I'm having a crisis. He <laughs> really gets in there too. Just like, home. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because at some point I'm like, is there head left for her to like save? Like, is the child dead? <laughs> I hate to say it, but every time I see that scene, I'm always like, I'm hungry. <laughs> Good gag reflex. <laughs> I can eat a whole cupcake like that, I think. <laughs> yeah. It makes me want to test it. <laughs> Just like, <laughs> Just, <"Aum." laughs> you have to build up to it by eating figurines, though. Yeah. Start small, start manageable. <laughs> You can't game over. Hi. Hi. I'm not gonna, you're gonna eat your head. <laughs> oh, God. She has a small head. You can probably I can probably, it. yeah. No, 100%. Yeah. I'm gonna work up to it. <laughs> I can do <laughs> it. Start small. <laughs> oh, God. That's good. I can't believe you said that. Those are my tropes. Those are good, tr- <laughs> good tropes. <laughs> I know that you probably already have a bunch <laughs> of choices on how to rate this movie. I had a few. I already want it to be deep-throated noggins, okay. but <laughs> I will hear you out. Okay. Uh, whimpering thuds. Very good. Demonic babbling. Well, of course. Uh, spinal tap juice. <clears throat> and bloody skin flaps. No, I, I, my heart's set. I'm sorry. <laughs> you said it, and I went, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> deep-throated noggins. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha, okay, gotcha. Okay, so how many, how many deep-throated noggins? Let's let's count a three. Okay. I think I know. Okay. I think I'm ready. I think I'm ready. Okay. One, two. Yeah! yeah! All right. <laughs> that is, both gave it four yeah. deep-throated noggins. Yeah. <laughs> Which is um, respectable. I'll start. I, I, I gave four just because, like, I like this movie a lot. Um, I first saw it when I was randomly just scrolling through Netflix, like, years ago, mm-hmm. and just went, whatever. It's just going to be some cliche movie. And watched it, and then got to the the signature scene mm-hmm. and I was like what in the fuck <laughs> like, excuse me <laughs> and so from then on it became a movie that I was like you guys gotta watch this like I would tell people about it just because I was like it's it's not what you think it is okay um, okay okay so it became like a I will recommend it even if you don't love the movie I promise it will not be what you expect it to be yeah so I love having movies that I can recommend like that and every time I watch it I still find something new to be like intrigued by yeah. like seeing how her digging for the shove, like digging in, in the garden and trying to find her trowel, like ties into the end. I just like totally missed that. Like the first time and then I was like, Oh, that's super interesting. So I feel like it has a little bit of a rewatch bonus. Oh yeah. To go through and just be like, I had no idea that the moments where she was, we thought that she was like deep and she was kind of gone were actually the moment she was probably the most lucid. Yeah. So I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. Um, and I like the, I like the effects. It's subtle. And I like the acting. It feels really real and kind of goofy, but in a way that's, like, believable and not yeah. funny. So that's why I gave it four. Yeah. So I give it four uh, Deep Throat Noggins. Yep. Because I I do want to watch it again. Yeah. Like, and I appreciate it the more that we talk about it. Because mm-hmm. after I was like, yeah, that's a movie. Like, that's, it was fun. Like, I right. enjoyed it. 
I will have like a list of movies to recommend to people and it's not always going to be top of the list, mm-hmm. but I will recommend it. Yeah. But like, as we talk through it, I was like, oh, I need to rewatch it to see that. Oh, I do want to like, I love found footage style. It's really like, good. I really enjoy that. And I think a lot of things were done well. Mm-hmm. And then like, just looking big picture at it mm-hmm. and seeing how wild that one scene was in relation to the rest of it, because like when I was watching it, it was like, oh, now it's going to be all body horror. It's going to be all weird. It's going to be like snakes out of orifices. Right. It was very restrained. Very restrained. And I appreciate that and I respect it. And so there was a lot that like I think I will appreciate more on a second watch. Yeah. And then we've talked about movies that like you watch like as a group so you can all talk. This is a movie that I want to show someone so I can watch their reactions. Yes, it but is. But not to like talk through, but exactly. to like listen to them and watch them like engage with it for the yeah. first time. Which we haven't really had that yet, yeah. I feel like. This, this is, is one of those one ones. Movie. Yeah, I don't want to goof during it, yep. but I want to be like, what do you think? Like, you know, like yeah. just watch them be like, yeah. what's going on? Um, yeah, I thought, I think it's good. Yeah. It's a good respectable score, you know? Yeah. Nice eight deep-throated noggins, yeah. which is disgusting, but... Fair. A fair number of noggins mm-hmm. being deep-throated. Yes. <laughs> so, gross. Takes time. <laughs> Takes time. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I think we did it. Yeah, I think that wraps up our discussion of the taking of Deborah Logan. Hell yeah. Yeah. So if you enjoyed your time with us. I hope you did. <laughs> we really appreciate it if you'd rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Yeah. That's the one that really helps other people find our show, but anywhere that you rate and review, we yeah. appreciate it. And again, word of mouth too. Oh, We have a yeah. lot of friends who just recommend it and they're like, you'll like it. Love that. So. Incredible. Uh, you can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Just Cool With It, where every Wednesday we'll post the movie for the week, along mm-hmm. with the uh, content warnings and where you can Hopefully, watch yeah, it. Hopefully, yeah, where you can like, somewhere. find it. Yeah, mm-hmm. this one was available a lot of places. So. Yeah, this one was like on yeah. multiple things, which is nice. Yeah. So I got to use our Shutter subscription. Finally, <laughs> we have it, and we're always like, someday. Like I've used it three times, maybe. I for know. The year we've had it. I know. <laughs> Maybe we'll do a Shutter month. So we should, right? Yeah. Only things we find on Shutter. Yeah, yeah. That's a good idea. Uh, then you can check out our extended show notes on our website, justgoolwithitpod.com. That's where we put the memes that we reference. Yeah, we'll and put also that TikTok if we can find it. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you could even take a look at our Patreon at patreon.com slash justgoolwithit. We'd like to take this opportunity yeah. to thank our patrons. Kim, Kelly, Nihar, Will, Rachel, Kelsey, Sula, Tim, Beth, Kayla, Meg, Katie, Morgan, Brady, Kenny, Janice, and Brian. Woo! Oh, woo! I'm getting better at it every time. I have slowed Absolutely down. Absolutely beautiful. Yeah, you I take have... your time now, but like it's still good. You know, it's got the flow. Thank you. I Thank respect you. that. Uh, the intro and outro music was created by Anthony Roccozella. The cover art, it's by our very own Nikki Solomon. Never deep-throated a noggin. Can you believe it? Uh. <laughs> I'm working on it, though. <laughs> I hate She's that. starting small. You're starting working your way up. Small. Yeah. Barbies first. Yeah. And like your cat. Some things with like flared bases, you know? <laughs> Make sure you can get it back out. <laughs> I hate this. This might be the worst way we've ever <laughs> And that's coming from someone who had to listen to you talk about soul sperm. So we've said some things. <laughs> we've also had delicately embroidered pubes. Yeah. So this is saying a lot. <laughs> yeah. But I really think this might be our worst. Possibly. I'm Welcome excited. to the show. <laughs> this is your first hope episode. You God it. damn. If this is your first episode. I hope it is not your last. <laughs> After we have just described our three worst rating scales and then Ever. said, okay, <laughs> they're going to be like, I don't ever want to hear <laughs> If you can't handle it, my soul sperm, you don't deserve it, my nun run. <laughs> Yeah, if you if you don't like me at my delicately embroidered pubes, then you don't deserve me at my clam phones. Get out. 
I won't even share Yeet Priest with you. I will not. No. I absolutely will not. Nope. TSA detective training? Not for you. It is for you. We're just going through the hits. <laughs> we gotta end it. <laughs> See ya! <laughs>